You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to this episode of the Business of Practice podcast, where we focus on the physical, financial, and human sides of equine veterinary medicine. In this episode, we're talking about planning for 2023 with Dr. Mike Pownall. I'm your host, Kim Brown, publisher of Equimanagement. Dr. Pownall, who is a DVM and an MBA, is a partner in McKee Pownall Equine Services in Canada and a partner in Oculus Insights. That company is focused on helping veterinarians and other members of the animal health care industry improve their businesses. Thank you, Dr. Pownall, for joining us today about planning for 2023. Yeah, nothing like a big subject to talk about. <laughs> yeah, well, no, nothing, no lack of things to talk about, that's for sure, because we know as the veterinary industry is still dealing with some of the fallout and some good and some bad from the global pandemic, The U.S. and other countries are facing some financial challenges, and while we might avoid a recession, there's still some money concerns among animal owners right now. So just in this big picture, what do you think are going to be the biggest challenges for equine veterinarians looking forward to 2023? Well, I think you've touched upon a couple of them, and I'm just going to start everything and just say this is my opinion anybody says they know for sure what's going to happen is a liar because (laughs) none of us know so this is best educated uh judgment so yeah the economy for sure uh environmental concerns i think we don't talk about them enough um and i still think the pervasive challenge we're going to have is with our people power um, the veterinarian support staff, what have you. So, and then I think on the end of that, and we still have to look at it. And we start looking at what's happening overseas and other areas. Is still um, the concerns people have for the use of horses in competition, racing, what have you. So, I think those are the big four. I mean, of course, there's. I guess if you can go down to more like specific geographic regions, some may be more important than the other, and there may be some other macroeconomic uh, things going on there. But I think those are the big four that we could probably talk about. Okay, well, let's let's talk a little bit about economics, because actually the pandemic for the U.S. vets, and I think for your Canadian vets as well, it seemed to actually have a fairly positive end-of-year effect for the last two years, based on the surveys that we've seen from Equimanagement and from AVMA on the income that vets have. So we've got some economics on that. However, we've had supply chain issues. Along with that increased demand for vet services have come the fact that we can't get equine veterinarians uh, in to fill in for you know the, the ones that are retiring or the ones that are leaving for other practice. So when we talk about the economics, let's let's look at a couple of the top things: uh, veterinarians, staff, salaries. I mean, what what do you think that veterinarians need to be thinking about? So, number one is you know we're living in, in inflationary times, 
We've been uh, pretty smooth sailing for the last 13 or so years, um, but inflation is there and it's going to persist for a while. I mean, any long-term forecasts that I'm seeing in North America is that inflation will start to taper down towards the end of 2023. Um, a lot of what this, uh, the, you know, the Federal Reserve is doing is, you know, is, is hopefully uh, going to tamper down some inflation, but I mean, there's a lot of other things going on. I mean, the, the war in Ukraine, huge influence, things beyond our control, the price of fuel, things beyond our control. Um, and so those things are all inflationary pressures. I was just reading an article. I mean, the price of lettuce that we're paying for in Canada is pretty well triple since the same time last year. And the reason is because where most of lettuce is grown in the fall is in the Central Valley of California and they have a drought, they have heat wave and, you know, that kind of food pricing is up. I mean, as an aside, restaurants in our area are not, are a lot of them are starting to cut back serving on salads and what have you because they're so expensive. So, but these are things that are beyond our control and say, but we, you know, if we know they're coming, um, how do we deal with it? So number one, our, our biggest challenge is um, two, twofold. One is we've got to pay our staff what they deserve. Um, we have great staff, uh, particularly veterinarians. They're, they're not, you know, they're not minting those out every day. And so we have great vets. We have to take care of them. And part of taking care of them is paying them appropriately. And to be able to afford to pay them appropriately is we have to make sure we're, we're charging appropriately. And so there's always that, uh, yeah, that challenge we have as veterinarians. Like, oh, my clients won't accept that big pay increase or fee increase. But yet, if we can't keep up with inflation, we're actually further behind. So I think it's having the, the courage and the, the frank sense of reality that it's inevitable. We have to do it. And so, you know, at least keeping up with inflation, if not trying to get a bit above it. So I think that's number one is we, we got to keep up with our fees. Um, and then... One of the things we are always worried about is recessions, which is you know a contributing factor is a decrease in confidence in businesses, but also in the consumers and how they spend. And particularly in, in, in the United States, so much of your economy is dependent on, is consumer driven, as opposed to let's say in Canada or in Europe where there's more government spending. Um, and so in the United States, when consumers are not confident, well, they may say, well, let's start saving for a rainy day or what do we really need to spend money on? And the reality is much of us in the horse industry is discretionary spending. And there's a lot competing against what people want to spend their money on versus, you know, do they want to buy a new saddle or a new saddle pad or try different feeds or, um, you know, do they go to a shoeing cycle every six weeks instead of every five weeks? Do we hold off getting our teeth floated this year? So these are the decisions that people are going to be uh, wrestling with. And that definitely affects us. So um, and one of the things that they talk about that in, in any business education, and you know, there's a lot of articles happening about that now, is people say, well, uh, it's a recession. We've got to cut, you know, got to tighten our belt. We've got to cut off any excess. And the first thing that goes is the marketing budget. 
And the reality is the last thing that should go is the marketing budget because this is the time where you can position yourself because all your competition is most likely cutting their marketing budget. So this is when we need to invest in training our clients on the value, of, let's say, annual dentistry of their annual vaccines, of, you know, wellness exams, what have you, and, and that these are things that if left unattended may end up being more expensive. So I think this is, you know, a bigger inf- emphasis is on client education, marketing, why we are valuable. That's, that's a key part of it. So we can, you know, maintain the health of our, of our patients uh, and keep our businesses on, on a good, solid foundation. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. Care Credit keeps equine veterinarians at the heart of care by providing horse owners with simple, budget-friendly financing options. By bridging the gap between cost and care, Care Credit supports healthy financial relationships between veterinarians and their clients. It can help them move forward with care a horse needs whenever and wherever it's needed. So, as veterinarians looking to plan, and hopefully they, they are already working on their budgets and their marketing plans for 2023, what are some of the top things that veterinarians should be looking at now to prepare their practices for 2023? Well, I mean, there's a lot of big unknowns. And so I'm in the process myself, you know, finalizing our budget for the year. And it's a lot of decision of, looking at things item by item, nice to have, need to have. And, and, it's, and it's almost that binary kind of choice. But at the same time, you don't want, if you're investing in the future, so like you've invested in a new service, for example, and it's, it's showing some interest. Maybe it hasn't shown the interest that you're hoping to. Rather than saying, you know what, it's not doing much, it's costing us money, let's get rid of it. Whereas, you know what, it maybe needs more runway to, re, to develop. So one of the things we don't want to do is, is to starve, financially starve some of the projects that we have that we're hoping that are going to bear fruit in a year or two. Now, of course, these are the times when you look at what are we, where are we losing money? Are there things that we're not making money on? And yes, those are the things you may have to make those hard choices like, you know what, we don't need that. And so, you know, a nice to have to a need to have. Do we need two interns or is one intern enough? Um, you know, are there certain types of patients or services that we offer that we'd like to do? But boy, they're a drain on our resources and maybe we're not going to do that. So I think, you know, it's really having that kind of cold analytic look at your practice and just which I think we need to do anyhow as businesses is just, you know, Hey, times are great. Let's just carry on. But know what? There are always times to look at what we have as a business going, you know what? Yeah. We're, we're, we're probably a little bit too lax on how we're managing these expenses or at the same time, you know, is there an opportunity to, you know, really emphasize a, a service that's growing. You know, I talked to a number of vets and, you know, they're some of the complimentary services and their uh, advanced dentistry is really growing. So, you know what, go for that. And that, so I think it all comes down to knowing your clients, knowing your, your economics of your area. You know, we're lucky where I'm at in the greater Toronto area. It's a very broadly, broadly distributed economy. 
Um, it would take a huge impact for us to really notice a downturn. That's saying there are maybe certain segments within our, our, our client base that may be more affected than others. But I know if you drive an hour and a half outside of Toronto, there will be some areas that will, if there's a recession, they'll get impacted. You know, there may be depending more on manufacturing, for example, and that may go down a bit. So every situation is unique. And I think we sort of need to have this sort of bigger view of what's going to happen to our economy. What does the economy depend upon in our area? Um, you know, what's, you know, what are some of the environmental concerns that may be happening? You know, I think we saw enough. We, I think we're all sick of seeing the stories of, of horses and floods and fires and, and drought and what have you, but that's becoming more and more of our reality. We better be aware of that. Yeah, that's that's really true. And you mentioned something that that may have scared the listeners more than anything else. You, I'm almost finished with my 2023 budget, and I will I will guarantee you there's a lot of our listeners that haven't even looked at their 2022 budget to see how their year has turned out, much less started on 23. So give us a, give us some encouragement that it's not too late. You can look at your numbers from this year and from years past, and you can get on track now for 23. Absolutely. I mean, I look at my budget as sort of like looking at blood work for a patient, and it's a progress. It's going to be some, you know, depending on treatments and depending on what you do, it could look better or for worse. Yeah, I'm just ahead of the curve. I'm just a bit of a geek that way. Um, but I like to plan, and I know just because the the volatility that is our times now and what's going to happen in 2023, I want to be prepared because I'm making some decisions, and I've got to make sure I'm making the right decision. So, hey, I, I to be honest, I didn't finish my budget in 2022 until February. So it's a little bit of shame on me. And that's why I probably why I'm a, I'm a bit ahead of the game. So yeah, there, there a was, late budget is much better than no budget at all. <laughs> that's that is really true, Dr. Pownell. So is there anything else that that you would recommend that veterinarians should do before the end of the year to get ready for 23 as far as their practice business is concerned? You know what? We do not have a business without the people that we are there. And so one of the things I recommend is just doing some check-ins with your staff, very informal check-in meetings. You know, we talk about having exit interviews when somebody leaves a business. Well, by that time, the horse has already left the barn. Let's check in with people now. Uh, Understand what some of their concerns are. Um, Why are they worried you know, uh, what are they worried about? What are their concerns? So, A, it's showing that you you care about your staff, which goes a long way, but it helps you understand as a practice owner what you need to be aware of. Um, understanding from your staff what's making them come to work every day, helping you understand you have that good work environment. I mean, these will be challenging times. Nobody knows how challenging um, but when you have your team all on the same page and they know that they're working with a team and that they have leaders that are supportive of them, you can get through a lot more than those that are just sort of going, you know, I'm just waiting for the next opportunity and I'm bailing ship. And, you know, none of us like to replace any staff members. Um, so that's again, like a budget, 
you know, check in with your people, sort of get a bit of a measure of just how people are doing and what things you may do or be able to do to help them vote. And that's a really good point, because I know quite a few um, vets, techs, office staff who have been in those positions. And the I don't think the practice leadership actually knows how dissatisfied they are and that exactly like you said, they're just waiting for the next opportunity. Yeah, I mean, so it's been a bit of an up and down roller coaster in terms of, you know, employment and the economy is great. And I think, you know, if you're looking earlier in this year, you know, latter part of last year, there was a lot of, you know, people leaving and going to new jobs, starting off on their own. Well, I think signs of a recession are going to make people um, stay closer to home. But the one thing we know about a recession is they end. And on average, you know, they come about every seven years and they last about a year to a year and a half. So they end. And so, um, I think that's a bit of an optimistic sense that it's something that we go through and we have gone through them in the past. I think over the last few years, we've sort of been feeling that uh, we're immune to recessions because, you know, we had the great recession 2008, 2009. And since then it's, you know, we've gone about 12 years, like we're overdue, like we're just overdue. Um, but we will get through it. But you want to have a great team because when things do turn around and the turnaround is probably beginning of 2024 from any kind of projections I've looked at. Well, if you've got a good team, they're going to stick with you um, because you don't want to get through this. And all of a sudden your team leaves just because they didn't like where they're working. So I, I always come back keeping your trying to do whatever you can to keep your staff as happy as possible. Um, because without them, you don't have a business. That's a really good point, Dr. Pownall. Well, we're going to uh, thank everybody for joining us today on the Business of Practice, and a big thank you to Dr. Pownall for joining us, and a big thank you to Care Credit for sponsoring the Business of Practice podcast. And we invite you to visit equimanagement.com or your favorite podcast network to hear past episodes of the Business of Practice. And if you have any questions or suggestions, send an email to me at kbrown, that's the letter kbrown, at equinenetwork.com. The Business of Practice podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network, LLC. Mm-hmm.